coming to you straight from the street. This is the Dish Doc EM Podcast, bringing you emergency medical education for paramedics, nurses, and EMTs. Here's your host, Owen Wood. Hey guys, what's going on? Owen here, back with the podcast. Now, if you listened to the first few episodes of the podcast and you were waiting for the next episode, it kind of never came uh, all summer. So if you were wondering what happened to me, I was actually spending the summer taking some classes and I also spent a little bit of time learning some of the techniques and tricks of video production. When I originally started the site, I made a few videos just to illustrate, you know, particular technique or procedure and they were just so bad that I couldn't even watch them. So I didn't want to make y'all suffer through watching them either and I just kind of kicked them to the curb but I still wanted to make some videos because sometimes explaining techniques through text or over a podcast like this just isn't really feasible so now I think I've got a few more of the skills to be able to make some video that you can stand to watch and hopefully get something out of so those are going to be coming in the real near future now since I started the site I have gotten a ton of great feedback from you guys. And a lot of that feedback that I've gotten has been suggestions for new articles or new podcast episodes. One of the biggest things, though, that I've had suggested for either an article or a podcast episode is talking about how to pass the FPC exam. I am normally a pretty good test taker. I don't really sweat tests. I I kind of enjoy them because... I've studied really hard. I know I've worked towards learning a particular thing. And when I get tested on it, that's like my chance to show my skills. But when I took the FPC exam was the very first time that I was sitting there taking a test and I thought to myself, oh my God, you are going to fail this test. But I was able to pull myself together, refocus and end up successful because of some things that I learned before I took the exam. So I sat down and I put together every helpful tip that I could think of that's going to help make you successful on your very first attempt at the FPC exam. So that is all coming up in this episode, but first, a brief word from our fantastic sponsor. The Ditch Doc EM podcast is sponsored by Recess Threads. Stop by RecessThreads.com to check out all of our casual styles for classy resuscitationists. So the FPC exam. It consists of 135 multiple choice questions. Now 10 of these questions that you're going to get are unscored. They're some sort of validation questions. I don't know what the technical term for them would be, but you don't get a score on them. You don't get extra if you get them right. You don't get any points off if you get them wrong. I seem to remember only noticing one that probably was a one of these unscored questions. And it actually kind of freaked me out at first because I read this question and I was like, I did not study for this at all. Was I supposed to study for this? But thinking back on it, it it must have been one of these unscored questions because it was, I don't know exactly what it said, but it was to the extent of, you know, if I was in the Boy Scouts and 
I earned my fire starting badge, what would be the next badge I earned? So obviously something that is not supposed to be on the test. But like I said, I only remember seeing one. So you're probably not going to know a lot of these questions. You're not going to be able to tell whether or not they're actually the real questions or the unscored questions. So in total, you have two and a half hours to take the exam. Breaks are allowed, but you got to think about when you're taking a break, if you do the math, you've only got about a minute and 11 seconds for each test item. So if you take a break for 30 minutes, you're really going to be eating away at your time there. Now, one of the good things about this test is you're going to get the results immediately. You don't have to go home and wait and sweat and lose sleep and not eat or anything like that. You're going to know right away whether you passed or you failed. As far as scheduling to take the exam, you can take it two ways. You can take it either the computer-based test, which most likely you'll probably take it, believe it or not, in an H&R Block tax office. And you can also take the paper test. Uh, the paper test, though, is going to be one of those that you'd probably take if you took it at a conference. And sometimes it could be a little bit cheaper to take it that way. But the downside of the paper test, you're going to have to wait for a couple of weeks to get something in the mail showing whether you passed or not. So I don't even know if that's worth you know saving a few dollars to me. Now, the newly revised candidate handbook is out. It was released in July of this year. So that is hot off the press. And I dropped a link in the show notes uh, that'll take you straight to a PDF version of that. And I would definitely recommend checking that out because it'll give you all the details that you need to know. All right, so let's talk some general test-taking strategy. Number one, get a good night's sleep the night prior to the exam. Don't study, just relax. If you get a good night's sleep, you're going to feel better. You're going to be more awake, more alert, be able to focus on the test better. Please, please do not schedule a shift the night before the exam, or for that matter, the day before the exam. Spend the day resting, spend some time with family, with friends, whatever it is you can do to just relax. Because you've probably been studying for some time now for the exam. Take a night off. It will really do you a lot of good. Next thing is to eat breakfast. If you don't eat breakfast ever and breakfast and you just don't get along, then all right, fine. That's more power to you. But if you typically eat breakfast, make sure you eat breakfast that morning because you will be really mad at yourself halfway through the exam when you're starving and you can't leave the testing center. Next thing, make sure that you arrive at the testing site early. Obviously, it's just good practice to be punctual in everything you do, but make sure you get to the testing site a little earlier than you normally would. That way you're not stressed out on whether you're gonna make it on time or not, because if you're more than 15 minutes late to the site, they will not let you test. And that's not going to be a very good feeling for you as much money as you just spent on taking the exam itself. So just get to the site early, relax when you get there. You can look over some of your notes and not have to worry about having the added stress of possibly being late. Now, when you start the test and you got a question in front of you, read the entire question. A lot of times people think something is a trick question simply because they're kind of rushing to read it. They know that they're on a they're on a time limit and they're just trying to get through each question as quickly as they possibly can. While one minute per exam item is not a lot of time, it's enough time to read each one of the questions. 
and read it in its entirety. Because if you're not reading the whole question and you miss the key point in that question, then you're probably not going to get the right answer. Now you have an entire minute to read each question and answer it appropriately. A minute may not sound like a long time, but it really is when you think about it. Just to illustrate this fact, I'm going to have one minute of silence right now just to show you that a minute is a really long time. I'm kidding, I'm not really gonna do that. The last thing I got on general test taking strategy is don't change your answer unless you are 100% sure that you know the correct one. Second guessing yourself on a test is usually bad business. So unless you are positive that you have made the wrong choice, do not change your answer. So next up, I wanna talk about prep courses. Now, the candidate handbook probably says that it's suggested that you take a prep course prior to uh, taking the exam, but I don't think this is really a suggestion. This is kind of mandatory. Sure, you can go and test without taking a prep course, but in my opinion, you will not be prepared. No matter how much you know about critical care, about helicopters, you are not going to be ready to take that exam unless you take a prep course. Now, these prep courses are typically only two days long. They do them over a weekend, so a Saturday and a Sunday, and you're done. There's some places, I think, that offer them online, and that's great. You know, it's more flexible for you, uh, maybe spaced out over a few weeks, but I would recommend doing the seated one if at all possible. And the reason is this. When you take a seated prep course, it's not about learning the information that you need to know for the exam. You should already have a pretty good handle on everything that you need to know for the exam when you're thinking about taking it. The prep course, though, is going to provide you with the strategy that you need to pass the exam on the first try. And one of the most important things that you're going to gain from going to a seated prep course is there's probably somebody besides the instructor of the course that has taken the exam before because one of these prep courses slash review courses is a requirement to renew your certification. So you're probably going to have somebody there who's taken it before. If not, a good number of people will have already taken the exam before. Just networking with those people can give you so much good insight on what to expect on the exam from a lot of different points of view and not just one instructor. And so that's why I'm going to definitely recommend a seated prep course if you can manage it. Now, these prep courses are usually very intensive out of necessity because they're typically only a couple of days long and they've got to cover everything that's in the exam curriculum. I really recommend that you take as many notes as you can. It's going to be kind of daunting trying to take notes because you're going to be covering so much material, but you're going to be surrounded by a lot of other providers with so much experience that you're probably going to be able to compile a lot of really good notes that are going to be very valuable to you probably for the rest of your career. So take advantage of these prep courses. Don't look at them as just something you got to do. You got to get out of the way. Take it as a, an experience to learn, to network, and to really fine-tune what you already know to prepare yourself to pass that exam. 
If there is one thing that I had to tell somebody, if I could just tell you one thing that would improve your chances of success on the FPC exam, it is that you need to take one of these prep courses. And like I said, preferably a seated course. Now to find one of these courses near you, I've dropped a link in the show notes and you can click the link. It's going to take you over to all the approved preparation slash review courses. So you can find one close to home or if there's a particular one that you have heard about uh, or that somebody recommended to you, then you can find that one there as well and get the contact information for them. Now, the next thing that I want to talk about is super, super important, and that is the brain dump. Now, I learned this technique in my preparation class, and it was the most valuable thing that I think I learned at my class. So what you're going to do is when you go into the testing center and you sit down behind your computer, before you click to go to question number one, you're going to take the scrap paper that they've provided you and you are going to write down every equation, every lab value, every hemodynamic value, vent settings, burn formulas, you name it. You're going to write all that stuff down on a piece of paper first. Some of you may think, well, why am I going to do that? I'm going to waste all my time writing all this stuff down when obviously if I, if I had to remember it to go into the testing center, I must already know it. By doing the brain dump, before you look at any question, you will have no other data thrown in your face to confuse you about what you already know. Because a lot of these questions you're going to get are going to have a ton of data that's unnecessary, but there might only be two values that are even important. So you're going to have all this data in your face. You're going to get confused. Don't do yourself wrong. When you get in there, Take 15 minutes and write down all of your brain dump formulas. And then that way, when you get to a question that has a whole bunch of data points, you can look at it and say, okay, it says that the wedge is 12, wedge 12. Yep, that's, that's normal. And you can go on from there instead of saying, wait, what is the wedge supposed to be? I promise you that the brain dump is going to be your moneymaker. So the way that I practiced the brain dump is I went out and bought myself a pack of the big index cards. They're like five inches by eight inches. And I would take these index cards and I would practice writing down all the information that I needed for my brain dump on the front and back of this index card. The reason for that was I knew if I could fit all of that data right there on the front and back of this index card, then I could fit everything from my brain dump onto the front side of a normal piece of copy paper, which is the size that they would give me for scratch paper. So I knew I wouldn't take up too much space. Now, one of the more difficult things to do is remember every equation and lab value that you're supposed to write down in your brain dump. So in true EMS fashion, I went and made acronyms upon acronyms. And believe it or not, I made up all these silly, ridiculous acronyms, but it really helped. And I practiced writing out my brain dump a couple times a day, every day for a couple of weeks before the exam. And when I got in there, it was no problem. It was a breeze. And what I had before me was basically a cheat sheet 
of everything that I needed to know to answer even the most difficult questions on the exam. And it's not cheating. You know the information. All it does is provide you a reference so that when you get on that question that is a lot of different variables in it and you're confused, you're thinking about three different things, you can focus yourself and say, okay, let's look at all these values. This value, is that right? Let me check my brain dump. Yep, that value's right. Oh, wait, this value right here, that's off. So I'm gonna make a note of that. And this will really help you break down those questions without getting stressed out and trying to remember all these numbers that are gonna be floating around in your head. And the last thing that I wanted to talk about are some of the reference guides and study materials that are available. There's quite a few floating around out there and I have not had a chance to look at every single one of them. But what I have done is in the show notes, I've dropped links to several books that I used before the exam or picked up right after the exam and really wish I had prior to taking it. Now I will say that the links that are provided in the show notes are affiliate links for Amazon. So if you end up clicking on those links and subsequently purchase the book through Amazon, the site and the podcast will receive a small commission at no cost to you. So if you're planning on purchasing these books from Amazon anyway, you would really be helping the site out. But if you want to go buy them at your local bookstore or any other way, then that's perfectly fine too. Each one of these books is excellent and very, very well worth the money. Well, that about wraps it up for the show today. I really want to thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions about today's show or anything else, please contact me and you can do so via the website ditchdocem.com and you can also get up with me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Take a moment to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and don't forget to follow the site via email so you don't miss any new episodes. I'd like to thank our sponsor, resusthreads.com and I'd like to thank you, the listeners and readers of the site, for all the great suggestions you've provided. Today's episode could not have been possible without you. So keep all those great suggestions coming and I'll catch you guys in the next one. The content of the Ditch.EM podcast is based on evidence, fact, and the recommendations of credible sources. Always refer to the protocols and guidelines established by your institution. The views expressed are those of Owen Wood and Ditch.EM in their entirety.